0: Psalm 34, Discourse the Second, of Exposition on the Book of Psalms. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Exposition on the Book of Psalms by St. Augustine of Hippo. Translated by Philip Schaff. Psalm 34, Discourse the Second. Those of you who were present yesterday, I doubt not, remember our promise, and now it is time, in the name of the Lord, to pay the debt. He inspired us to promise, He will also give us power to pay, being always debtors of charity. For that it is which is always paid, and yet always do, as saith the Apostle, "Owe no man anything but to love one another. The title of this psalm we explained yesterday, and when the exposition detained us long, the text of the same psalm we deferred to explain. Let us then hear what the Holy Spirit, by the mouth of his holy prophet, saith in the words of the psalm, agreeable to the title which yesterday we handled. Those who were not then present perhaps demand of us also this as a debt. But lest haply, through other such delays, we defraud those to whom we ought now to pay what we owe, from a brief recital thereof, let them understand as much as they can, who today are here present, and yesterday were not. But if anything moveth them, which they may wish to inquire of more diligently, they will find our ears open to them in Christ's name at any other time, lest this be hindered." I said that it was written in the book of kings that David, when he fled from Saul, would be hid with a certain king of Gath named Achis, but when his glory had been made known there, lest, through envy, the same king to whom he had fled should contrive anything against him, he feigned madness and, as if possessed with frenzy, changed his countenance, and as we read, affected, and drummed upon the doors of the city, and was carried in his own hands, and fell down at the doors of the gate. And King Achis said, Wherefore have ye brought this fellow to me? Have I need of madmen? And so sent him away, that it might be fulfilled which here is written. He changed his countenance, and he sent him away, and he departed. But he quitted King Achis, But here it is written, that he changed his countenance before Abimelech, and he quitted him, and he departed. But I said that the names were changed that it might be shown to be a mystery, lest, if the same name had been repeated in the title of the psalm, he should seem not to have prophesied to us something mysterious, but to have related it as a fact. Both names, then, contain a great mystery. For Akis is interpreted, how is it? Abimelech is interpreted, the kingdom of my father. In that word then, which is called, how is it? Is signified ignorance. And by it is to be understood the expression of one wondering and not perceiving. But in that which is called Abimelech is signified the kingdom of the Jews for that in the person of Christ may be called the kingdom of my father, because his father, according to the flesh, was David, and the kingdom of David was in the nation of the Jews. Therefore, before the kingdom of his father, he changed his countenance, and he sent him away, and he departed, because there was there a sacrifice after the order of Aaron and afterwards he, of his own body and blood, appointed a sacrifice after the order of Melchizedek. He changed then his countenance in the priesthood, and sent away the kingdom of the Jews, and came to the Gentiles. What then is he affected? He was full of affection. For what is so full of affection as the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who, seeing our infirmity, that he might deliver us from everlasting death, underwent temporal death with such great injury and contumely. And he drummed, because a drum is not made except when a skin is extended on wood. And David drummed to signify that Christ should be crucified. But he drummed upon the doors of the city, What are the doors of the city, but our hearts which we had closed against Christ, who by the drum of his cross hath opened the hearts of mortal men, and was carried in his own hands? How carried in his own hands? Because when he commended his own body and blood, he took into his hands that which the faithful know, and in a manner carried himself when he said, This is my body, and he fell down at the doors of the gate. That is, he humbled himself. For this it is to fall down even at the very beginning of our faith. For the door of the gate is the beginning of faith, whence beginneth the church, and arriveth at last even unto sight. That as it believeth those things which it seeth not, it may deserve to enjoy them, when it shall have begun to see face to face. So is the title of the psalm. Briefly we have heard it. Let us now hear the very words of him that affecteth and drummeth upon the doors of the city. Verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be ever in my mouth. So speaketh Christ, so also let a Christian speak. For a Christian is in the body of Christ, and therefore was Christ made man, that that Christian might be enabled to be an angel, who saith, I will bless the Lord at all times. When shall I bless the Lord? When he blesseth thee, when the goods of this world abound, when thou hast great abundance of corn, oil, and wine, of gold and silver, of servants and cattle, When this mortal health remaineth unwounded and sound, when all that are born to thee grow up, nothing is withdrawn by immature death, happiness wholly reigneth in thy house, and all things overflow around thee, then shalt thou bless the Lord? No, but at all times. Therefore, both then and when according to the time or according to the scourges of our Lord God these things are troubled, are taken away, are seldom born to thee, and born pass away. For these things come to pass, and thence followeth penury, need, labor, pain, and temptation. But thou who hast sung, I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall be ever in my mouth, both when he giveth them, bless, and when he taketh them away, bless. For it is he that giveth, it is he that taketh away. But himself, from him that blesseth him, he taketh not away. But who is it that blesseth the Lord at all times, except the humble in heart? For very humility taught our Lord in his own body and blood, because when he commendeth his own body and blood, He commendeth his humility, in that which is written in this history, in that seeming madness of David, which we have passed by. And his spittle ran down over his beard. When the apostle was read, ye heard the same spittle, but running down over the beard. One saith, perhaps, What spittle have we heard? Was it not read but now? where the Apostle saith, The Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But now it was read, But we preach, saith he, Christ crucified, for then he drummed, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For spittle signifieth foolishness, spittle signifieth weakness. But if the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men, let not the spittle, as it were, offend thee, but observe that it runneth down over the beard." For as by the spittle weakness, so by the beard strength is signified. He covered then his strength by the body of his weakness, and that which without was weak appeared as it were in spittle. But within his divine strength was covered as a beard. Therefore humility is commended unto us. Be humble if thou wouldest bless the Lord at all times, and that his praise should be ever in thy mouth. Because Job not only blessed the Lord, when he had abundance of all things, wherewith we read that he was made both rich and happy, rich in cattle and servants and houses, happy in children and in all good things. Taken away were all these at one time, yet he fulfilled what in this psalm is written, saying, The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. As it pleased the Lord, so it came to pass. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See here thou hast an example of one blessing the Lord at all times. But wherefore doth man bless the Lord at all times? Because he is humble. What is it to be humble? To take not praise unto himself. Who would himself be praised is proud. Who is not proud is humble. Wouldest thou not then be proud? That thou mayest be humble, say what is here written. Verse 2. In the Lord shall my soul be praised. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Those then who will not be praised in the Lord are not humble, but fierce, rough, lifted up, proud. Gentle beasts would the Lord have. Be thou the Lord's beast, that is, be thou humble. He sitteth upon thee, he ruleth thee. Fear not, lest thou stumble and fall headlong. That indeed is thy infirmity, but consider who sitteth upon thee. Thou art an ass's colt, but thou carriest Christ. For even he on an ass's colt came into the city, and that beast was gentle. Was that beast praised? Was it said to that beast, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. The ass carried, but it was he that was carried, that by those going before and following was praised. And haply said the beast, In the Lord shall my soul be praised. The humble shall hear thereof, and be glad. That ass never said this, brethren, but this must the people say, which doth imitate that beast, if it would carry its lord. Haply the people is wroth that it is compared to the ass whereon the Lord sat. And some uplifted and proud will say to me, See, he hath made us asses. Let him be the Lord's ass, Whoever saith this, lest he be horse or mule, which have no understanding. For ye know the psalm where it is said, Be not ye as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding. For horse and mules sometimes lift up their neck, and by their own fierceness throw off their rider. They are tamed with the bit, with bridle, with stripes, until they learn to submit and to carry their master. But thou, before thy jaws are bruised with the bridle, be humble, and carry thy Lord. Wish not praise for thyself, but praised be he who sitteth upon thee, and say thou, In the Lord shall my soul be praised, the humble shall hear thereof, and be glad. For when they hear that are not humble, they are not glad, but wroth. And the same are they which say that we have made them asses. But let them which are humble deign to hear, and to be what they hear. Now followeth, verse 3, O magnify the Lord with me. Who is this that exhorteth us that we should magnify the Lord with him? Whoever, brethren, is in the body of Christ, ought for this to labor." that the Lord may be magnified with him. For he loveth the Lord, whoever he is. And how doth he love him? So as not to envy his fellow lover. For whoever loveth carnally, must needs love with deadly jealousy. If haply for a great sum he hath been able to see naked, her whom with deadly love he hath desired, Doth he wish that another also should see her? Needs must he be wounded with jealousy and envy, if another also have seen her. And so is chastity preserved, if he alone hath seen who may, and not another, or not even he. Not so is the wisdom of God. Her we shall see face to face, and we shall all see, and no one there will be jealous. Unto all she showeth herself, and unto all is pure and chaste. They are changed into her, and she is not changed into them. She is truth indeed, she is God indeed. Have ye ever heard, brethren, that our God can be changed? The truth supreme above all is He, the word of God is He, the wisdom of God is He by whom all things were made. He hath his lovers. But what saith his lover? O magnify the Lord with me. I would not alone magnify the Lord. I would not alone love. I would not alone embrace him. For neither if I embrace him will there be no room where another may lay his hands. Such breadth is there in wisdom itself that all souls may embrace and enjoy her. And what shall I say, brethren? Let them blush who so love God as to envy others. Abandoned men love a charioteer, and whoever loveth a charioteer or hunter wisheth the whole people to love with him, and exhorteth, saying, Love with me this pantomime, love with me this or that shame. He calleth among the people, that shame may be loved with him. And doth not a Christian call in the church, that the truth of God may be loved with him? Stir up, then, love in yourselves, brethren, and call to every one of yours, and say, O magnify the Lord with me. Let there be in you that fervor. Wherefore are these things recited and explained? If ye love God, bring quickly to the love of God all who are joined unto you, and all who are in your house. If the body of Christ is loved by you, that is, if the unity of the church, bring them quickly to enjoy, and say, O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. What is, let us exalt his name together? That is, In one. For many copies so have it, O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name in one. Whether it be said, together, or in one, it is the same thing. Therefore bring quickly whom ye can, by exhorting, by transporting, by beseeching, by disputing, by rendering a reason, with meekness, with gentleness, Bring them quickly unto love, that if they magnify the Lord, they may magnify him in one. The party of Donatus seem indeed unto themselves to magnify the Lord. Why doth the whole world offend them? Let us, brethren, say unto them, O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name in one. Wherefore would ye magnify the Lord in separation? He is one. Wherefore would ye make two peoples of God? Wherefore would ye rend the body of Christ? For surely he hung upon the cross when he drummed, and when he hung upon the cross he gave up the ghost, and they came who had suspended him, and found that he had given up the ghost, and they brake not his legs but the legs of the thieves, yet living on the cross, they break, that by a speedy death, through very pain, they might be freed from their torment, which thing was wont to be done to persons crucified. So came the persecutor, and found that the Lord had quietly given up the ghost, as he said himself, I have power to lay down my life. For whom laid he down his life? For all his people, for his whole body. So the persecutor came, and break not the legs of Christ. Donatus came, and rent the church of Christ. The body of Christ upon the cross is whole, even in the hands of his persecutors. And in the hands of Christians, the church of Christ is not whole. Let us then, brethren, cry with groans as much as we can, saying, O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name in one. For so the church crieth unto them. It is the voice of the church crying unto them who have cut themselves off from her. For whereby were they rent from her? Through pride. But Christ teacheth humility when he commendeth his body and blood. This, as I said to your holiness, is treated and celebrated in the text of this psalm, wherein is commended the body and blood of Christ, when the humility of Christ is commended, which for our sakes he deigned to take upon himself. Verse 4. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. Where heard the Lord? Within. Where giveth he? Within. There thou prayest, There thou art heard, there thou art blessed. Thou hast prayed, thou art heard, thou art blessed. And he knoweth not who standeth by thee. It is all carried on in secret, as the Lord saith in the gospel. Enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. When therefore thou enterest into thy chamber, thou enterest into thy heart. Blessed are they who rejoice when they enter into their heart and find therein naught of evil. Let your holiness attend. As men are unwilling to enter their houses who have bad wives, as they go out to their business and rejoice, When the hour has come to return to their own house, they are sorrowful, for they are about to enter to weariness, to murmurings, to bitterness, to confusions. For a house is not quiet, where between a man and his wife there is no peace, and to him it is better to wander about abroad. If then they are miserable, who when they return to their own walls, Fear lest they be troubled by some disturbance of their own family. How much more miserable are they who are unwilling to return to their own conscience, lest they be overturned by the strife of their sins. Therefore, that thou mayest be able to return willingly to thy heart, cleanse it, for blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Take away thence filthy desires. Take away the spot of avarice, take away the plague of superstition, take away sacrilege and evil thoughts, hatreds also, I say not against a friend, but even against an enemy. Take away all these, so enter into thy heart, and thou shalt rejoice therein. When then thou hast begun to rejoice... The very cleanness of thy heart will delight thee, and will make thee to pray. As when thou comest to any place where is silence, where is quiet, the place is clean. Thou sayest, Let us pray here, and the quietness of the place delighteth thee, and thou believest that God will there hear thee. If then the visible cleanness of a place delighteth thee, Wherefore doth not the uncleanness of thy heart offend thee? Enter in, cleanse all, lift up thine eyes unto God, and immediately he will hear thee. Cry and say, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me out of all my troubles. Wherefore, because even when thou art enlightened, when thou hast begun here to have a good conscience, There remain troubles, because there remaineth some infirmity, until death be swallowed up in victory, and this mortal have put on immortality. Needs must thou in this world be scourged. Needs must thou suffer some temptations, some suggestions. God will cleanse all. He will deliver thee from all thy troubles. Seek thou him. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. Who then are not heard, seek not the Lord. Attend, holy brethren. He said not, I sought gold from the Lord, and he heard me. I sought from the Lord long life, and he heard me. I sought from the Lord this or that, and he heard me. It is one thing to seek anything from the Lord, another to seek the Lord himself. I sought, saith he, the Lord, and he heard me. But thou, when thou prayest, saying, Kill that my enemy, seekest not the Lord, but, as it were, makest thyself a judge over thy enemy, and makest thy God an executioner. How knowest thou that he is not better than thou, whose death thou seekest? In that very thing, haply, he is, that he seeketh not thine. Therefore seek not from the Lord anything without, but seek the Lord himself, and he will hear thee. And while thou yet speakest, he will say, Lo, here I am. What is, lo, here I am? Lo, I am present. What wouldest thou? What seekest thou of me? Whatever I should give thee is more vile than I. Myself have thou. Me enjoy, me embrace. Not yet art thou able wholly. By faith touch me, and thou shalt cleave unto me. This God saith to thee. And thy other burdens will I remove from off thee, that thou mayest wholly cleave unto me. When I have changed this, thy mortal to immortality, that thou mayest be equal to my angels, and ever see my face, and mayest rejoice, and thy joy none shall take from thee, because thou soughtest the Lord, and he heard thee, and out of all thy troubles delivered thee. I have said who was the exhorter, namely that lover, who would not alone embrace what he loveth, and saith, verse 5, Approach unto him, and be ye lightened, for he saith what he himself proved. For some spiritual person in the body of Christ, or even our Lord Jesus Christ himself, according to the flesh, the head exhorting his own members, saith what? Approach unto him, and be ye lightened. Or rather, some spiritual Christian inviteth us to approach to our Lord Jesus Christ himself. But let us approach to him and be lightened, not as the Jews approach to him, that they might be darkened, for they approach to him that they might crucify him. Let us approach to him that we may receive his body and blood. They, by him crucified, were darkened, We, by eating and drinking the crucified, are lightened. Approach unto him, and be ye lightened. Lo, this is said to the Gentiles. Christ was crucified amid the Jews, raging and seeing. The Gentiles were absent. Lo, they have approached who were in darkness, and they who saw not are lightened. Whereby approach the Gentiles? by following with faith, by longing with the heart, by running with charity. Thy feet are thy charity. Have two feet, be not lame. What are thy two feet? The two commandments of love, of thy God and of thy neighbor. With these feet run thou unto God, approach unto him, for he hath both exhorted thee to run, and hath himself shed his own light, as he hath magnificently and divinely continued. And your faces shall not be ashamed. Approach, saith he, unto him, and be ye lightened, and your faces shall not be ashamed. No face shall be ashamed but of the proud. Wherefore, because he would be lifted up, and when he hath suffered insult, Or ignominy, or mischance in this world, or any affliction, he is ashamed. But fear not thou, approach unto him, and thou shalt not be ashamed. Whatever thy enemy doth to thee, he seemeth to be superior to thee before men, but before God, thou art superior. I have taken, I have bound, I have killed. How superior seem they to themselves who say these things! How superior seemed the Jews unto themselves, when they buffeted the Lord, when they spat in his face, and smote him on the head with a reed, when they crowned him with thorns, when they covered him with a robe of ignominy! How superior were they! And he seemed inferior, because he fell down at the doors of the gate." But he was not ashamed, for he was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. As then the light cannot be confounded, so he suffereth not him that is lightened to be confounded. Therefore approach unto him, and be ye lightened, and your faces shall not be ashamed. But, saith someone, how shall I approach unto him? WITH SO GREAT EVILS, SO GREAT SINS AM I BURDENED, SO GREAT CRIMES CRY OUT FROM MY CONSCIENCE, HOW CAN I DARE TO APPROACH UNTO GOD? HOW? IF THOU HUMBLE THYSELF THROUGH PENANCE. BUT I AM ASHAMED, SAYEST THOU, TO DO PENANCE. APPROACH THEN UNTO HIM, AND THOU SHALT BE LIGHTENED, AND THY FACE SHALL NOT BE ASHAMED. For if the fear of being ashamed recalleth thee from penance, but penance maketh thee to approach unto God, seest thou not that thou bearest thy punishment in thy face? For therefore was thy face ashamed, because it approached not unto God, and therefore it approached not, because it will not do penance. As the prophet testifieth, verse 6, The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. He teacheth thee how thou mayest be heard. Therefore art thou not heard, because thou art rich. Lest haply thou say, Thou criedst, and wast not heard, hear wherefore. The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. As poor cry thou, and the Lord heareth. And how shall I cry as poor? By not, if thou hast aught, presuming therefrom upon thy own strength, by understanding that thou art needy, by understanding that so long art thou poor, as thou hast not him who maketh thee rich. But how did the Lord hear him, and saved him out of all his troubles? And how saveth he men out of all their troubles? Verse 7. The angel of the Lord shall send round about them that fear him, and shall deliver them. So it is written, brethren, not as some bad copies have it, the Lord shall send his angel round about them that fear him, and he shall deliver them. But thus, the angel of the Lord shall send round about them that fear him, and shall deliver them. Whom called he here, the angel of the Lord, who shall send round about them that fear him, and shall deliver them? Our Lord Jesus Christ himself is called in prophecy, the angel of the great council, the messenger of the great council. So the prophets called him. Even he then, the angel of the great council, that is, the messenger, shall send unto them that fear the Lord, and shall deliver them. Fear not then, lest thou be hid. Wheresoever thou hast feared the Lord, there doth that angel know thee, who shall send to succor thee, and shall deliver thee. Now will he speak openly of the same sacrament, whereby he was carried in his own hands. Verse 8. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Doth not the psalm now open itself, and show thee that seeming insanity and constant madness, the same insanity and sober inebriety of that David, who in a figure showed I know not what, when in the person of King Achis they said to him, How is it? When the Lord said, Except a man eat my flesh and drink my blood, he shall have no life in him. And they in whom reigned Achis, that is, error and ignorance, said, What said they? How can this man give us his flesh to eat? If thou art ignorant, taste and see that the Lord is good. But if thou understandest not, thou art King Achis. David shall change his countenance, and shall depart from thee, and shall quit thee, and shall depart. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Why needeth this to be explained at length? Whoever trusteth not in the Lord is miserable. Who is there that trusteth not in the Lord? He that trusteth in himself. Sometimes, which is even worse, my brethren attend. Sometimes men trust not in themselves, but in other men. While Garcias is alive and well, Thou canst do me no harm, saith one, and perhaps he speaketh of one already dead. In this very city, saith one, while such an one is alive and well, and he perhaps has died in another place. And how soon do men say this? They say not, I trust in God that he will not permit thee to hurt me. They say not, I trust in my God, that although he may permit thee to touch somewhat of mine, to touch my soul he will not permit thee. But when they say, While such an one is alive and well, they both refuse to have safety themselves, and weigh down these through whom they think to have safety. Verse 9: O fear the Lord, all ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. For many, therefore, will not fear God the Lord, lest they suffer hunger. It is said to them, Defraud not. And they say, Whence can I feed myself? No art can be without imposture. No business can be without fraud. But fraud God punisheth. Fear God. But if I should fear God, I shall not have whence to live. O fear the Lord, all ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. He promiseth plenty to him that trembleth and doubteth, lest haply, if he should fear God, he should lose things superfluous. The Lord fed thee, despising him, and will he desert thee, fearing him? Attend, and say not, Such a one is rich, and I am poor. I fear the Lord, he by not fearing, how much has he gained, and I by fearing am bare. See what follows. Verse 10. The rich do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. If thou receive it according to the letter, he seemeth to deceive thee. For thou seest that many rich men that are wicked... Die in their riches and are not made poor while they live. Thou seest them grow old and come even to the end of life amid great abundance and riches. Thou seest their funeral pomp celebrated with great profusion, the man himself brought rich even to the sepulchre, having expired in beds of ivory, his family weeping around. And thou sayest in thy mind, If haply thou knowest some, Both sins and crimes done by him, I know what things that man hath done. Lo, he hath grown old, He hath died in his bed, His friends follow him to the grave, His funeral is celebrated with all this pomp. I know what he hath done. The scripture has deceived me, And has spoken falsely where I hear and sing. The rich do lack and suffer hunger. When was this man in need? When did he suffer hunger? But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Daily I rise up to church. Daily I bend the knee. Daily I seek the Lord and have nothing good. This man sought not the Lord, and he hath died in the midst of all these good things. Thus thinking, the snare of offense choketh him, for he seeketh mortal food on the earth, and seeketh not a true reward in heaven. And so he putteth his head into the devil's noose, his jaws are tied close, and the devil holdeth him fast unto evil doing, that so he may imitate the evil men whom he seeth to die in such plenty therefore understand it not so and how shall i understand it of spiritual goods but where are they they are not seen with the eyes but with the heart i see not those same goods he seeth them who loveth righteousness i see not no for it is not gold nor is it silver If it were gold, thou wouldest see it. Because it is faith, thou seest it not. And if thou seest not faith, wherefore lovest thou a faithful servant? Ask thyself, what sort of servant thou lovest? Perhaps thou hast a servant handsome, of good stature, well formed, but a thief, good for nothing, fraudulent." BUT PERHAPS THOU HAST ANOTHER, SMALL OF STATURE, DEFORMED IN FACE, OF BAD COMPLEXION, BUT FAITHFUL, THRIFTY, SOBER. ATTEND, I PRAY THEE, WHICH OF THESE TWO LOVEST THOU? IF THOU ASKEST THE EYES OF THE FLESH, THE HANDSOME, DISHONEST ONE PREVAILETH WITH THEE. IF THE EYES OF THE HEART, THEN PREVAILETH THE DEFORMED FAITHFUL. Thou seest then what it is thou wouldest that another should show unto thee, namely, faith. Do thou show unto him the same? Wherefore rejoicest thou at him who showeth faith towards thee, and praisest him for those goods which are not seen, but with the eye of the heart? When thou art filled with spiritual riches, canst thou be poor, And was he therefore rich, because he had a bed of ivory, and art thou poor, who hast the chamber of thy heart filled with such jewelry of virtues, justice, truth, charity, faith, endurance? Unfold thy riches, if thou hast them, and compare them with the riches of the rich. But such an one has found in the market mules of great value, and has bought them. If thou couldst find faith to be sold, how much wouldest thou give for that which God willeth that thou shouldest have gratis, and thou art ungrateful? those rich then lack they lack, and what is heavier, they lack bread, but do not haply think that they lack gold and silver, although indeed they lack these also. How much had such a man, and yet what could ever satisfy him? So he died lacking, because he wished to gain more than he possessed. They lack even bread. How lack they even bread? If thou understandest bread. For he hath said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. And again, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. But what manner of good I have already said. Verse 11. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Ye think, brethren, that I say this, think that David saith it. Think that an apostle saith it. Nay, think that our Lord Jesus Christ himself saith it. Come ye children, hearken unto me. Let us hearken unto him together. Hearken ye unto him through us. For he would teach us. He the humble, he that drummeth, he that affecteth, would teach us. And what saith he? Come ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Let him then teach. Let us give ear, let us give heart. Let us not open the ears of the flesh, and shut those of the heart. But as he himself said in his gospel, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Who would not hear Christ teaching through his prophet? Verse 12. What man is he that desireth life, and loveth to see good days? He asketh a question. Doth not every one among you answer, I? Is there any man among you that loveth not life, that is, that desireth not life, and loveth not to see good days? Do ye not daily thus murmur, and thus speak? How long shall we suffer these things? Daily are they worse and worse. In our father's time were days more joyful, were days better. Oh, if thou couldst ask those same, thy fathers, in like manner would they murmur to thee of their own days. Our fathers were happy, miserable are we, evil days have we. Such an one ruled over us, We thought that after his death might some refreshing be given to us. Worse things have come. O God, show unto us good days. What man is he that desireth life and loveth to see good days? Let him not seek here good days. A good thing he seeketh, but not in its right place doth he seek it. As, if thou shouldest seek some righteous man in a country, wherein he lived not, it would be said to thee, A good man thou seekest, a great man thou seekest, seek him still, but not here. In vain thou seekest him here, thou wilt never find him. Good days thou seekest, together let us seek them, seek not here. But our fathers had them. Ye are deceived. All men here have so labored. Read the scriptures. Therefore God willed them to be written, that we might have consolation. In the time of Elias was there a famine. Our fathers suffered it. The heads of dead beasts were sold for gold. They slew their own people and ate them and two women agreed together to kill their sons and eat them. One killed her son, and the two ate him together. The other refused to kill her son, and she who had first slain her son sued her. And this her suit came before the king. They betook themselves even before the king contending concerning the slaying of their sons. As concerning such food... God avert what we read. Always are there evil days in this world, but always good days in God. Good days had Abraham, but within, in his heart. Evil days had he, when, through famine, he changed his place and sought food. So all men have sought food. Had Paul good days, who saith, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. But let not the servants be wroth. The Lord himself had not good days in this world. Insults, injuries, the cross, and all those evils did he suffer. Let not a Christian then murmur. Let him see whose steps he followeth. But if he loveth good days, Let him hearken unto him teaching and saying, Come ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What wouldest thou, life and good days, hear and do? Verse 13. Keep thy tongue from evil, this do. I will not, saith a miserable man, I will not keep my tongue from evil and yet I desire life and good days. If a workman of thine should say to thee, I indeed lay waste this vineyard, yet I require of thee my reward. Thou broughtest me to the vineyard to lop and prune it. I cut away all the useful wood. I will cut short also the very trunks of the vines that thou have thereon nothing to gather. And when I have done this, Thou shalt repay to me my labor. Wouldest thou not call him mad? Wouldest thou not drive him from thy house, or ever he put his hand to the knife? Such are those men who would both do evil and swear falsely and speak blasphemy against God and murmur and defraud and be drunken and dispute and commit adultery and use charms and consult diviners and withal see good days. To such it is said, Thou canst not, doing ill, seek a good reward. If thou art unjust, shall God also be unjust? What shall I do then? What desirest thou? Life I desire, good days I desire. Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips that they speak no guile, that is, defraud not any, lie not to any. But what is, depart from evil? It is little that thou injure none, murder none, steal not, commit not adultery, do no wrong, speak no false witness. Depart from evil. When thou hast departed, thou sayest, Now I am safe, I have done all, I shall have life, I shall see good days. Not only saith he, Depart from evil, but also, and do good. It is nothing that thou spoil not, clothe the naked. If thou hast not spoiled, thou hast declined from evil. But thou wilt not do good, except thou receive the stranger into thine house. So then, depart from evil, as to do good. Seek peace, and ensue it. He hath not said, Thou shalt have peace here. Seek it, and ensue it. Whither shall I ensue it? Whither it hath gone before? For the Lord is our peace, hath risen again, and hath ascended into heaven. Seek peace, and ensue it. Because when thou also hast risen, this mortal shall be changed, and thou shalt embrace peace there where no man shall trouble thee. For there is perfect peace, where thou wilt not hunger. For here it is bread that maketh thy peace. Withhold bread, and see what a war there will be within thy bowels. How is it that even the righteous groan here, brethren? That ye may know that here we seek peace, but shall obtain it only in the end. But in part must we have it here, that there we may deserve it wholly, what is in part. Let us be peaceful here, let us love our neighbor as ourselves. So love thy brother as thyself, be at peace with him. But there cannot but exist some strifes, as between brethren and between saints have existed, as between Barnabas and Paul, but not such as to destroy concord, not such as to interrupt charity. For even thyself thou sometimes resistest, and yet thou hatest not thyself. For every one who repenteth of anything, striveth with himself. He hath sinned, he returneth, he is angry with himself that he hath done this, that he hath committed that. Therefore he is at strife with himself, but that strife tendeth to concord. See how a certain righteous man striveth with himself, saying, Why art thou sorrowful, O my soul? And why dost thou disquiet me? Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him. When he saith to his soul, Why dost thou disquiet me? It surely did disquiet him. He wished perhaps himself to suffer for Christ, and his soul became sorrowful. And he who knew and said, Why art thou sorrowful, O my soul, and why dost thou disquiet me, had not yet peace with himself. But in his heart he clave unto Christ that his soul might follow him and not disquiet himself. Seek then peace, brethren. The Lord saith, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Peace in this world I promise not unto you. In this life is not true peace, neither tranquility. The joy of immortality, the society of angels, is promised. But whoever hath not sought it, while here he hath been, shall not have it, when there he shall arrive. Verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Fear not, then, labour. The eyes of the Lord are upon thee, and his ears are open unto their prayers. What wouldest thou more? If an householder in a great house should not hearken to a servant murmuring, he would complain and say, What hardship do we here suffer, and none heareth us? Canst thou say this of God? What hardships I suffer, and none heareth me? If he heard me, haply sayest thou, he would take away my tribulation. I cry unto him, and yet have tribulation. Only do thou hold fast his ways, and when thou art in tribulation, he heareth thee. But he is a physician, and still hast thou something of putrefaction. Thou criest out, but still he cutteth, and taketh not away his hand, until he hath cut as much as pleaseth him. For that physician is cruel, who heareth a man, and spareth his wound and putrefaction. How do mothers rub their children in the baths for their health? Do not the little ones cry out in their hands? Are they then cruel, because they spare not, nor hearken unto their tears? Are they not full of affection, and yet the children cry out and are not spared. So our God also is full of charity, but therefore seemeth he not to hear, that he may spare and heal us for everlasting. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. Haply say the wicked, I securely do evil, because the eyes of the Lord are not upon me. God attendeth to the righteous, me he seeth not, and whatever I do, I do securely. Immediately added the Holy Spirit, seeing the thoughts of men, and said, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. Verse 16. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Verse 17. The righteous cried, and the Lord heard them, and delivered them out of all their troubles. Righteous were the three children. Out of the furnace cried they unto the Lord, and in his praises their flames cooled. The flame could not approach, nor hurt the innocent and righteous children praising God, and he delivered them out of the fire. Someone saith... Lo, truly righteous were those who were heard, as it is written, The righteous cried, and the Lord heard them, and delivered them out of all their troubles. But I have cried, and he delivereth me not. Either I am not righteous, or I do not the things which he commandeth me, or haply he seeth me not. Fear not, only do what he commandeth, and if he deliver thee not bodily, He will deliver thee spiritually. For he who took out of the fire the three children, did he take out of the fire the Maccabees? Did not the first sing hymns in the flames, these last in the flames expire? The God of the three children, was not he the God also of the Maccabees? The one he delivered, the other he delivered not. Nay, he delivered both. But the three children he so delivered, that even the carnal were confounded. But the Maccabees, therefore, he delivered not so, that those who persecuted them should go into greater torments while they thought that they had overcome God's martyrs. He delivered Peter when the angel came unto him, being in prison, and said, Arise and go forth. And suddenly his chains were loosed, and he followed the angel, and he delivered him. Had Peter lost righteousness when he delivered him not from the cross? Did he not deliver him then? Even then he delivered him. Did his long life make him unrighteous? Haply he heard him more at last than at first, when truly he delivered him out of all his troubles. For when he first delivered him, How many things did he suffer afterwards, for thither he sent him at last, where he could have suffered no evil. Verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that have broken their heart, and saveth such as be lowly in spirit. God is high, let a Christian be lowly. If he would, that the Most High God draw nigh unto him, let him be lowly. A GREAT MYSTERY, BRETHREN, GOD IS ABOVE ALL, THOU RAISEST THYSELF, AND TOUCHEST NOT HIM. THOU HUMBLEST THYSELF, AND HE DESCENDETH UNTO THEE. VERSE 19, MANY ARE THE TROUBLES OF THE RIGHTEOUS. DOTH HE SAY, THEREFORE LET CHRISTIANS BE RIGHTEOUS, THEREFORE LET THEM HEAR MY WORD, THAT THEY MAY SUFFER NO TRIBULATION. HE PROMISETH NOT THIS. But saith, Many are the troubles of the righteous. Rather, if they be unrighteous, they have fewer troubles. If righteous, they have many. But after few tribulations, or none, these shall come to tribulation everlasting, whence they shall never be delivered. But the righteous, after many tribulations, shall come to peace everlasting, where they shall never suffer any evil. Many are the tribulations of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of all. Verse 20. The Lord keepeth all their bones, not one of them shall be broken. This also, brethren, let us not receive carnally. Bones are the firm supports of the faithful. For as in flesh our bones give firmness, so in the heart of a Christian it is faith that gives firmness. The patience, then, which is in faith, is as the bones of the inner man. This is that which cannot be broken. The Lord keepeth all their bones, not one of them shall be broken. If of our Lord God Jesus Christ he had said this, The Lord keepeth all the bones of his Son, not one of them shall be broken. As is prefigured of him also in another place, When the Lamb was spoken of that should be slain, and it was said of it, Neither shall ye break a bone thereof, then was it fulfilled in the Lord. Because when he hung upon the cross, he expired before they came to the cross, and found his body lifeless already, and would not break his legs, that it might be fulfilled which was written. But he gave this promise to other Christians also. The Lord keepeth all their bones, not one of them shall be broken. Therefore, brethren, if we see any saint suffer tribulation, and haply either by a physician so cut, or by some persecutor so mangled, that his bones be broken, let us not say, This man was not righteous. For this hath the Lord promised to his righteous, of whom he said, THE LORD KEEPETH ALL THEIR BONES, NOT ONE OF THEM SHALL BE BROKEN. WOULDEST THOU SEE THAT HE SPOKE OF OTHER BONES, THOSE WHICH WE CALLED THE FIRM SUPPORTS OF FAITH, THAT IS, PATIENCE AND ENDURANCE IN ALL TRIBULATIONS? FOR THESE ARE THE BONES WHICH ARE NOT BROKEN. HEAR AND SEE YE IN THE VERY PASSION OF OUR LORD WHAT I SAY. THE LORD WAS IN THE MIDDLE CRUCIFIED. Near him were two thieves, the one mocked, the other believed, the one was condemned, the other justified, the one had his punishment both in this world and that which shall be. But unto the other said the Lord, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise, and yet those who came break not the bones of the Lord, but of the thieves they break. As much were broken the bones of the thief who blasphemed, as of the thief who believed. Where then is that which is spoken? The Lord keepeth all their bones. Not one of them shall be broken. Lo, unto whom he said, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Could he not keep all his bones? The Lord answereth thee, Yea, I kept them. FOR THE FIRM SUPPORT OF HIS FAITH COULD NOT BE BROKEN BY THOSE BLOWS WHEREBY HIS LEGS WERE BROKEN. VERSE 21 THE DEATH OF SINNERS IS THE WORST. ATTEND, BRETHREN, FOR THE SAKE OF THOSE THINGS WHICH I SAID. TRULY GREAT IS THE LORD, AND HIS MERCY. TRULY GREAT IS HE WHO GAVE TO US TO EAT HIS BODY, WHEREIN HE SUFFERED SUCH GREAT THINGS, AND HIS BLOOD TO DRINK. How regardeth he them that think evil, and say, Such an one died ill, by beasts was he devoured? He was not a righteous man, therefore he perished ill, for else would he not have perished. Is he then righteous, who dieth in his own house, and in his own bed? This then, sayest thou, it is whereat I wonder. BECAUSE I KNOW THE SINS AND THE CRIMES OF THIS SAME MAN, AND YET HE DIED WELL, IN HIS OWN HOUSE, WITHIN HIS OWN DOORS, WITH NO INJURY OF TRAVEL, WITH NONE EVEN IN MATURE AGE. HEARKEN, THE DEATH OF SINNERS IS WORST. WHAT SEEMETH TO THEE A GOOD DEATH IS WORST IF THOU COULDEST SEE WITHIN. THOU SEEST HIM OUTWARDLY, LYING ON HIS BED, Dost thou see him inwardly, carried to hell? Hearken, brethren, and learn from the gospel what is the worst death of sinners. Were there not two in that age? A rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Another, a poor man who lay at his door full of sores and the dogs came and licked his sores and he desired to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Now it came to pass that the poor man died, righteous was that poor man, and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. He who saw his body lying at the rich man's door, and no man to bury it, what haply said he? So die he who is my enemy, and whoever persecutes me, so may I see him. His body is accursed with spitting, his wounds stink, and yet in Abraham's bosom he resteth. If we are Christians, let us believe. If we believe not, brethren, let none feign himself a Christian. Faith bringeth us to the end. As the Lord spake these things, so are they. Doth indeed an astrologer speak unto thee, and it is true? And doth Christ speak, and it is false? But by what sort of death died the rich man? What sort of death must it not be, in purple and fine linen? How sumptuous! How pompous! What funeral ceremonies were there? In what spices was that body buried? And yet, when he was in hell being in torments, from the finger of that despised poor man, he desired one drop of water to be poured upon his burning tongue, and obtained it not. Learn, then, what meaneth, the death of sinners is worst, and ask not beds covered with costly garments, and to have the flesh wrapped in many rich things, friends exhibiting a show of lamentation, a household beating their breasts, a crowd of attendants going before and following when the body is carried out, marble and gilded memorials. For if ye ask those things, they answer you what is false, that of many not light sinners, but altogether wicked, the death is best, who have deserved to be so lamented, so embalmed, so covered, so carried out, so entombed. But ask the gospel, and it will show to your faith the soul of the rich man burning in torments, which was nothing profited by all those honors and obsequies, which to his dead body the vanity of the living did afford. But because there are many kinds of sinners, and not to be a sinner is difficult, or perhaps in this life impossible, he added immediately, Of what kind of sinners the death is worst? And they that hate the righteous one, saith he, shall perish. What righteous one but him that justifieth the ungodly? Whom but our Lord Jesus Christ, who is also the propitiation for our sins, who then hate him have the worst death? Because they die in their sins, who are not through him reconciled to our God. Verse 22. For the Lord redeemeth the souls of his servants. But according to the soul is death to be understood either the worst or best, not according to bodily either dishonor or honors which men see. And none of them which trust in him shall perish. This is the manner of human righteousness that mortal life, however advanced, because without sin it cannot be, in this perisheth not, while it trusteth in him in whom is remission of sins. Amen. End of Psalm 34 Discourse the Second